0: yo what's up guys welcome back to the from the silent podcast with francis and peter this is our third official episode and unlike the other episodes today we're going to be talking about strictly basketball today we're talking about everything nba playoffs we haven't talked about the playoffs yet and we're coming up on the finals now but today we're joined with our first guest our local basketball expert tucker Stamstead. how are we doing
1: today tucker doing well we're doing well let's get this thing started
2: all right, let's get right into it. First topic is the Suns. Do you think that their season was a success or not?
1: I think the Kevin Durant do was very successful for long term, but it's a disappointment that they lost in the second round. Although the Nuggets are a great team, and they've shown that, shown that versus the Lakers, but I think they'll come back strong next year with KD and Devin Booker, looking both really solid. So overall, I think it was a succession for the long term, but it was a disappointment. Because I think they're hoping for a farther spot in the playoffs when getting Durant, but they'll come back strong. All right, uh, let me hop into this. So, um,
0: I would say this Sun season was a huge disappointment because um, honestly, they they were going in like they were going for like a win now kind of thing because Kevin Durant's going going up in age, and honestly, he's kind of out of his prime now. And uh, <clears throat> we don't know how many more seasons he has left. So uh, they're kind of in a win-now mode. And Chris Paul is also super old right now. Um, but Devin Bickers still in his prime. But if you look at their roster and, um, and the points differential and stuff on their team from each player in their rotation, in the last game where they were eliminated by the Nuggets, um their bench players there are no bench players that had over 10 points and it's really their team is just really top heavy and there's no role players that can really uh surround um like the top three guys like Chris Paul Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and also Chris Paul is very injury prone and he's always uh falling out in the playoff time so I think this season was a huge failure for the Suns and
2: honestly I think they're going to do even worse next year I'm going to have to agree with friends here. I think the Sun season was an, a failure. Um even though they made it to the second round, I think their championship window has closed. Kevin Durant, he's getting up there in age. Chris Paul probably going to retire in the next 1 to 2 years, maybe even this off season. Um I just like I don't think that the they don't have really a chance anymore. Devin Booker, he's obviously super good, but I don't think he can carry a team to a championship like a lebron or someone like that so yeah i do think this season was a failure and the sun's championship window is closed
0: all right i agree i agree um we're gonna move on to the next topic uh so my next question for you tucker is as a player who do you like more because mb just came off an mvp but we saw him in the clutch in the playoffs and how he performed and we've also seen how Jokic is performing. He's a former back-to-back MVP. So who do you like more as a player, Jokic or Embiid currently?
1: I think Embiid is just a big whiny baby. I mean, he's obviously a very skilled big man. He can shoot. He can drive in the paint. But Jokic is just hes just a facilitator. He can do everything. That's why they call him the Joker. And He's just a better team player. And look... And we can obviously see Jokic is in the finals and Embiid is already out. So,
2: I'm going to have to agree with Tucker. I think that Embiid is just a big crybaby, just gets a lot of fouls, and he never shows up in the playoffs. But Joker, like, he's, he shows up in the playoffs every year. I mean, you may not notice it, but this year especially, he's just proven that he's far and away better than Embiid. Um, even though Embiid won the MVP in the regular season, Jokic steps it up in the playoffs and really shows his versatility and uh, shows that he can do pretty much everything.
0: Um, I'll agree with you guys in saying that Jokic is a better player currently because, honestly, I feel like uh, most people would say that, but I don't think that Embiid is really a crybaby or anything like that. He also... His role players and his bench players haven't been doing much for him. And I understand that he didn't really, he didn't even take a shot in like the final minutes of the fourth quarter in their elimination game, which is pretty bad. But their bench players are really not helping him out at all. I mean, his best, his second best player on the team was Tobias Harris. And when you have like an MVP, former MVP player like James Harden, like you kind of expect more from him. And Embiid was really carrying this workload of this team. And last year, I thought he should have won MVP too. Tucker has something he wants to say?
1: Well, if you watch a 76 game, it's, just, it, it's extremely painful, I'm not going to lie. I don't enjoy it at all. And when you watch a Nuggets game, you just see Jokic flying the ball around all his teammates doing flashy stuff, and it's really entertaining. Yeah, I'll agree with you there.
0: Um, Jokic does make the game more entertaining with his facilit- facilitating and stuff, um, but also I would argue that his surrounding players in his team are much better than Embiid's surrounding players. And, like, Embiid and Jokic have very different style of games. Like, Embiid is uh, also a really great three-point shooter, like Jokic, but they don't have the same play style when it comes to the post. Like, Embiid is much more dominant of a post player, but Jokic is much more of a facilitating center and uh, and a shooting center. He plays more like a guard. Well, Embiid's a true center.
1: I also don't think you can make the argument that Embiid carries a workload because... Embiid has Harden, Tobias Harris by his side, and all Jok- Jokic has is Jamal Murray. And Michael Porta Jr. and Contavious Caldwell
0: Pope. But, but those are just. World. Come
1: on. Bloods.
0: I mean, Michael Porta Jr. is a very elite ISO player. and But, but, but he also has
1: Therese Maxi. Harden, Therese Maxi, and Tobias Harris outweigh all of Jokic's players. Okay,
0: but also, uh, the Nuggets bench is way better than the. Sixers bench, and also uh, James Harden has been playing really bad lately. Uh, Tobias Harris has been playing fine. Tyrese Maxey has been kind of declining a little bit, but he's been playing fine. But the but the rest of them, they're also Tyrese Maxey is pretty inconsistent too. But the rest of them are really bad. But Michael Porter Jr. and Kentavious Caldwell has been playing amazing recently. And in my opinion, um, those three guys you just mentioned, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, Michael, Michael Porter Jr., and Jamal Murray are way better than uh, James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and False. Tobias Harris. False.
2: Next question for Tucker. Uh, which players in the playoffs outperformed or uh,
1: underperformed expectations? I think Jalen Brunson really outperformed his expectations because he was showing his true abilities in the playoffs and the Knicks were looking very strong. I think Jalen Brunson's a great player to Model your game after, especially me because I'm a lefty. He plays with great pace, great poise, and he's a great shot creator. And he has a really smooth game, and it's entertaining for him to watch.
0: For me, I'm not going to be talking about a player. I'm going to be talking about a team that has really been underperforming
1: this season or this postseason,
0: which for obvious uh, for obvious reasons to me is the Milwaukee Bucks coming in as the defending champions. Um, they were the one seed coming in, playing an eight seed. You'd think they would handle it pretty easily uh, in the Miami Heat, but they lost – uh, pretty convincing pretty easily like Giannis played in every single game and so that's not the reason they lost Chris Middleton did too Brooke Lopez Drew Holiday they all did they had all their players which is why I'm a little confused on how they performed so bad when the Heat were even missing some players they lost Tyler Hero for the full series and Victor Oladipo um, to be fair the F- Heat have been playing pretty well this whole like really well this whole postseason they're going to make it to the finals uh, they're up through one against the Celtics but Still, that's not a good reason. Coming in as a defending champions with arguably the best player in the world on your team, you can't be losing to an eight seed uh, in that little amount of games. Like, so to me, they're the team that underperformed the the most.
2: Uh, for the player that uh, overperformed expectations, even though he's widely regarded as a great playoff performer, I think Jimmy Butler still overperformed. I mean, averaging thirty eight point nine points. Um, is just like absolutely insane. I think he's solidified himself as an all-time playoff performer. People are going to remember him for stepping it up in the playoffs. He only averaged 22 points during the regular season, so stepping it up almost 17 percentage points is really crazy. Um, yeah, he's single-handedly carried the heat to the basically the NBA Finals. They're up 3-1 right now, but I think they'll take care of it. All right, we're going to switch up the topic
0: here now and talk about the Boston Celtics. Um, uh, No particular question or anything, but just going to have Tucker talk about his thoughts on the Celtics postseason so far.
1: I think so far in the series, it's been a huge disappointment because they have too many superstars to be down 3-1. And the Heat, I don't think they have enough weapons to keep up with the Celtics, but somehow they're up 3-1. And Jason Tatum is too good of a player to not be performing like he usually is. And I think overall it's just been a big disappointment for the Celtics this postseason. Unless they can make a huge comeback, but I think that's impossible. Uh, Yeah, no
0: team has ever come back 3-0 in the postseason, so I don't think that's going to happen here with the Boston Celtics. I think a lot of this, uh, first of all, lies in the coaching. Obviously they got a new head coach
1: and hasn't been doing that well. I mean, I think he's just too young to be coaching. He's only 36, I think. Mm-hmm. And the funny fact is, Jimmy Butler beat him in March Madness. And so, uh, he's about to lose to him in the playoffs. And honest, don't think he brings the energy to a team that needs to have good energy to win these games. And he's even admitted it in post-game interviews. He said multiple times it's he he takes the blame because he doesn't bring a good mindset for the players.
0: Yeah, obviously there's some intimidation factor there with the coach and Jimmy Butler, but um, personally, I don't like the Celtics. I don't really would say they were underwhelming in my opinion because they were pretty dominant in the regular season and in most of the postseason until this uh, series. They just went to the NBA championship, la- NBA Finals last year, so you know there were expectations there because they're a developing team, so. But I don't really think this season was a really a failure. This ending of the season was a failure. Um, Jason Tatum really did like all he could. Jalen Brown did good. Derek White did good. Um, I could have seen I could have seen some more from the role players like Malcolm Brogdon and them. But you know, overall, it was a fine season. But the Heat have just been outstanding. So not much I could say about that.
2: I'm gonna have to agree with Tucker and Francis here. I think the Celtics really could have benefited from a more experienced coach. Having that young coach in such a crucial playoff series is really, like, not the best idea, and it really showed. But I don't think their season was a complete disappointment. They had a great regular season, dominated in the playoffs mostly, but they really met their match when it came to the Heat. The Heat just have really dominated them in every single category in this series. Jimmy Butler's shown that he is probably the best playoff performer in the NBA, and he's just dominated the Heat throughout this whole series.
0: All right, Tucker, I have another question for you, Tucker. Um, So I want to talk about the Clippers, okay? So what do we think – what are our thoughts on the Clippers right now? Because, I mean, what, that Kawhi-Paul George postseason happened, like, a pretty long time ago, and they've had no postseason success with them. So what are your thoughts on those two superstars on one team with no uh, performance in
1: You know, it's funny. You say superstar, but at this point, I think Kawhi is just too injury-prone, and Paul George hasn't been doing what he needs to be doing. So I think the Clippers are on a hard downfall because they're both just out of their prime and not doing what they're supposed to be doing for this team. And I think the Clippers invested too much on them, and they're just not producing the things that needs to be produced. I have a lot of strong thoughts on the
0: Clippers myself, so... um. (laughs) The whole blockbuster trade that happened a couple years ago with Kawhi and Paul George, I think, has been a complete failure. I expected, you know, Kawhi Leonard being a a champion with the Raptors the year before and a a champion with the Spurs before that. Um, I really had extreme high expectations for the Clippers when they got both of these guys. And Paul George coming off of an MVP caliber season with OKC, which I think was his best year of his whole career, and injuries have just taken both of them and this whole team just drove them into the ground this whole franchise uh the Clippers are known for being a property franchise behind the Lakers in LA but I really thought this would help them out a little bit and maybe make them the team of LA but you know it's just been really bad and honestly I don't know I don't think they have a future moving forward I don't think they'll ever make the finals ever with this team
2: Yeah, I agree. The Clippers, I mean, you're paying them all that money. You did so much to get them. You gave up so many great players like Shea, for example. And you've really gotten nowhere with this team. It hasn't done anything at all. So I really think these moves that they made a couple years ago have just been a complete failure. I mean, it has not panned out at all. You're paying them so much money and, I mean, you really have nothing to show for it at all.
0: All right, Tucker, I have um, another question for you. Uh, so my question for you is, I mean, we saw them face off in the first round, and the Knicks are my second favorite team. Um, but the Cavaliers are also one of my favorite teams. Do you, who do you think has the brighter future, the Knicks or the Cavaliers? And let me know your thoughts on them.
1: You know, I think both the teams have very high potentials with their guards. Dale, Darius Garland's is also a very good player, very shifty. He's exciting to watch. And like I said, Jalen Brunson also. But as of right now, I'd say the Knicks have more potential because Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle are just this really strong duo. And I think they both can lead the Knicks to a really high, to a really good season next year in the futures.
2: Uh, I'm going to have to disagree here. Even though the Knicks won in the playoffs this year, and they have lots of players with great like individual skill sets. I think the Cavaliers work better as a team. Um, their coach is great. Uh, Mitchell is still getting better. He's like probably one of the best shooting guards, if not the best in the entire league. I know it's a hot take, but I'm just going to say it. Yeah, so the Cavs work better as a team, and with Garland and their picks that they're going to get, I think they'll uh, start to become a contender within the next few years.
0: I'm going to have to agree with Peter here. I think the uh, Cavaliers are far and away ahead of the Knicks here. Um, The Knicks honestly don't, like, they have Emmanuel Quickly, who I think is their highest potential guy that they have on the team for the long term. They got Quentin Grimes, RJ Barrett, uh, OB Toppin, uh, people like that. But, I mean, like, Julius Randle, honestly, don't know how much longer. I think he's going to leave pretty soon. Jalen Brunson, he's not like, like he's not a superstar that can lead your team to the finals. Um, R.J. Barrett has been really underperforming as like a top five pick from Duke, um, and Emmanuel quickly, he's been playing good, but. He's been playing like a six man, but the Cavaliers are a very solid team with a lot of young players. Donovan Mitchell is the type of guy that I could see, honestly, I could see him leading a team to the finals. Evan Mobley. Uh I think he honestly I think he should have won Rookie of the Year over Scotty Barnes. Uh he's been playing really great. You got guys like uh Darius Garland, uh one of my favorite guards to watch in the league. Even like Isaac Okoro, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen. Super young, high potential, high ceiling type of team. I think they need to add one, maybe one more star uh, for them to reach their full potential. But uh, the Knicks don't really, like, they're kind of in a win now mode. And I think they need they need to get a superstar this offseason. Because Julius Randle's window is closing. And once his window is gone, it's it's over for them. But the Cavaliers have a lot of time to fig- to deal with here. Uh, so, yeah, those are my thoughts on the, the Cavaliers and the Knicks. Knicks. Um, we were running low on time, so that's going to wrap up this episode right here. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this full episode all the way through. And come back for more next time. Th- big big shout-out to our guest,
2: Tucker Stamstad.
1: Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. Uh,
0: yeah, so please come back for more next time. Uh, here's thank you for Peter.
2: And thank you guys for listening. Make sure to tune in the next episode.
0: Peace.